Hello and welcome to episode 25 of All's Fair in Love and Film, a film review podcast where we talk about our DVD collection in alphabetical order, reviewing each one as we go. I'm Laura. And I'm Ryan. And this week we're talking about Beer Fest, directed by Jay Chandrasenkar. Yeah, um, it's one of the ones I remember from my teens. I had never seen this film until today. So uh, that covers your history with the film. I didn't even get a chance to ask. Well, I mean, I, I mean, there's a little bit more of a history to, it, to that for me. Is like I remember like watching this, like one of my friends just introducing this film to me at a at a house party, and I remember all of us watching it together, and my and my mates being like, "Oh, let's do a drinking to get game together," and you know, general teenage hijinks ensues. Because Ryan has seen all of the uh, stoner flicks of the early noughties when he was a teenager. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah um so i saw this film for the first time today and i've got to say i'm still wildly confused um i wouldn't say it was a wasted you know hour and 50 minutes or whatever it was but uh certainly was a uh i don't know i i will say it was I, a definitely you, a strange strange time for me to me i you like it a lot more than i thought you would like i was genuinely surprised that you've you've been kind of like Oh, that's actually not as bad as I thought, you know? Yeah, to be honest, I liked it a lot more than I thought I would, especially after the f- the kind of opening 10 minutes. But um, we'll get into that and our kind of opinions on this film after a very brief summary taken from the illustrious website IMDb. Uh, two brothers travel to Germany for Oktoberfest, only to stumble upon a secret centuries-old competition described as Fight Club, but with beer games. I feel like that is a very simple overview of what is a surprisingly involved plot. Yeah, very... I'm not going to say complicated because it's not a complex plot, but a lot of random stuff is brought into the plot. It's slightly meandering in a way, but it's it's still kind of focused. It's it's weird. Oh yeah, it could have got its point across in half the time. It could have been like, oh, we've, we've failed this thing... And now we're going to train to do the thing. And now we're going to win the thing. Could have all been wrapped up in an hour. But there was a nearly an extra hour of fluff added. Well, you like as we were watching like le- le- like later end, end of this film, you, you were kind of uh, opined on like, oh, it's kind of seemed like, uh, oh, sorry, not opined, theorized that, you know, like they literally just wrote this at a round table and just kind of like, it was like, finish that you like they each wrote a chapter and finish each other's part of it and then just kind of well yeah it, it really did seem like that it was like people introduced like random elements and then they were like backtracked on or not picked up again or picked up later as an afterthought and it was just it very much struck me as kind of a group of friends just collaboratively writing the like craziest story they could as an excuse for them to all get on set and drink a bunch of beer together yeah that's pretty much what this film is and i've got to say i at first i was just like oh my god i'm going to hate this film because in the opening 10 minutes it's just like it opens with this really dumb scene of like oh they're doing a beer game but they're treating it like they're gangsters and it's like a really serious like poker table in vegas and i was just like oh i'm not into this at all and then it was like Oktoberfest and it was just a group of bros doing bro stuff and there was a load of women just being naked for no reason and like a load of slapstick humor which normally 
I'm a sucker for slapstick humor. I think it's hilarious, but it was just kind of bad. It was kind of cat-handed. Yeah, and I was just like, oh my god, if it is like this, I literally have a note that's like, if this film is like this for the next two hours, I think I might just shrivel up and die. But then it goes off the rails, and I was just like, okay, I'm not going to say I'm enjoying it, but I am definitely invested. Yeah, very much so. I mean, it it does... I mean, I, I think this film does really fall into a lot of the traps of like the early early to mid noughties. Oh god. And yes. like and before, obviously. Like it, it it does like it is problematic in some ways, especially how it deals with kind of the sex like sexualizing of women, but I will say it like I guess comparatively to a lot of other films from this era, it does it a lot like in a nicer way i mean it's still bad but it's just like it's just kind of nice to see some modicum of progress you know yeah i mean at this time at this moment in time this film comes out in 2006 and it's a time when judd apatow is thriving it's in a sickening sea of like sexist jokes gay panic jokes toxic masculinity being at the forefront of most comedy in cinema it comes out at a really like bad time and i think saying it's good because compared to these other films that come out around this time it's not as bad is you know giving it a little too much credit no no i I guess i'm not trying to give it credit for that i'm just simply saying is like it's it was kind of like at least like they had a bit more of I guess they uh, to me it just didn't seem like that was like that was not the crux of the film like a lot of other yeah, films films from the time it, it it seemed like you know the whole point like it seems like the plot of this is very much centered around oh be- like the beer drinking you know the, the, the there are you know like it's centered around like the dynamics between all the like all the main characters rather than just purely oh like sex and fart jokes all the fucking time no it, like th- like there is some genuine like interaction between the characters that is actually like building up on the par- upon their character and is quite quite like quite deep in some in some ways but in a very lighthearted manner i definitely agree with you there we actually get like ignoring how toxic this film is towards like women and uh the general kind of a lot of the kind of off color jokes and things like this at the heart of this film is a group of uh five guys they're two of them are brothers they're like diverse kind of and they're just out having a good time and building quite a positive relationship i mean obviously there's you know conflict and and drama happens because it's a movie but it's they're all just kind of like supporting each other and bigging each other up and it's 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 nice there's not a lot of like a you know in a lot of these films this time you get groups of guys um like the 40 year old virgin is one that comes to mind that is the most horribly toxic film in existence and they're a group of guys but they're like i love you man but no homo and there's a lot of this, I love you, man, but no homo. And this one is very much, it doesn't even address that. It's just like, no, we're, we're friends. We're going to support each other. It's really, it's really good. And it, I, I don't know if I'm just grabbing at things because there's so much toxicity in films like this at this time. But it was still something that made the film enjoyable to watch. I really like the friendship dynamic and the kind of dynamic between the brothers and, and everything like that. I enjoyed that. Yeah, it was also kind of nice to see a film with two brothers that weren't actually like at each other's throats as well like yeah. so many fi- it's like so many like either comedic or dramatic films just kind of always usually betray 
brothers as being quite, you know, like butting heads and, and going, yeah. like, it was just kind of nice to see them just kind of like, oh, yeah, we're this in this together. This is just what we do. Yeah. Yeah. We're just bros. Um, so yeah, that was, that was kind of nice. I like that aspect of it. And I like the aspect of it, um, as you point out, because as is no secret on this podcast by now, I love heist films. I think they're great. And there's a kind of heist film element to this where we get the, I'm putting a crew together kind of sequence and they, they all get the, like their name and AKA their alias and the, um, Barry's alias is just his name. I think that was brilliant. I really enjoyed that. Um, that whole kind of situation that was that was fun it was a fun sequence and it was it gave them all like a bit of personality explained their relationships and explained a bit of their like story and that i thought that was cool uh, it, it like it did kind of it was a like I, I know it's kind of like bad taste slightly but like the fact barry being the, a, ma- a male prostitute who's like living on the street like yeah that, 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 that was that was bad but i do I still find that aspect funny because it's just like he he like he's clearly like the best put together out of all of the like uh, out of like all the other male prostitutes in his group, and it's just like it's just <laughs> I don't know it's just there's some really good one liners in that bit, but it's just so like, yeah it does kind of feel a bit like okay they could have done something else and it would have been better, but like I don't know what I kind of liked about it is at no point is he shamed for um being a sex worker and at no point is he shamed for um servicing male customers as a sex worker either but the especially in the scene where they pick him up the whole joke with the other male prostitute who was there the whole joke was like the whole gay panic thing of oh this guy is trying to like assault you purely because he's gay and he's trying to like pick you up because he's a sex worker and it's that whole like come on that was that really necessary but i mean compared again compared to a lot of other films of this era the fact that he's a sex worker and the fact that he was you know like picking up male customers was dealt with comparatively well yeah surprisingly well yeah um and yeah again like onto the character of barry a little bit i mentioned that the group are like diverse i mean it's it's four white guys and one person of color um but the fact that he's a person of color is brought up once in the whole film where they make a kind of weird uh off color cowboys and indians joke um it's like oh i've got a cowboy on my left and an indian on my right it's like the old west out here or something like that that was a bit like mm. but um the whole rest of the time his race isn't brought up at all as is there's a, a jewish character in the group as well and that's only like, you know, it's part of his character because it's like part of his identity throughout the film. Like he, there's a scene where they're packing to go to Germany and he puts like a thousand yarmulkes in his uh, in his case. And that was like, you know, a bit played for laughs and stuff. But the fact that he's Jewish isn't played for laughs throughout the film until right at the end when they say he's got the eye of the Jew. And I still don't know how I feel about, about that. I don't think that's necessarily positive representation in that respect it's kind of like oh the whole was the whole point of having a jewish character in this film to build up to this joke um yeah that was a bit i don't know how i feel but because obviously i'm not jewish so i don't like know how that would impact me personally like on a kind of cultural level um but it just seemed a bit uncomfortable from where i was sitting yeah i mean yeah i definitely agree with you on that um one thing i did really like um, was Cloris Leachman's portrayal of 
great game cam as oh, being yeah. <laughs> stereotypical german grandma yeah yeah and it, that just it killed me and, and the fact that like she just kind of like the fact that she kind of gives the whole um like begging them up like you know you can do this talk and be she's like the coach yeah, it's yeah. a sports movie and she's the coach yeah, yeah. <laughs> but just just you know the fact that she you know she was a whore you know she was the mark of the whore that that bit just that bit Every time fucking kills me. Yeah, it was and, so funny. Having and, like and, a little old lady say, yeah. just fuck it. Well, it's, yeah. it's always a winner. Well, and, and then just her just saying like, I've taken many things up my ass and I've gotten over it and you will too. And they just kind of gently pat him on the pat him on the chest and then just be like, you will too. And then just kind of fuck off that bit. I mean, that, that like, I love how much that was played up and just kind of like, it, you were just always kind of guessing like, like when they finally taste the beer and uh, Jan kind of realizes shit grandma's a whore and then just kind of like okay starts drinking like, yeah, yeah yeah that like some good so, some good good fucking jokes right there yeah I, I love her whole thing but again it's just like the only women we get are either stereotypical german grandma or ladies who are going to get their boobies out and also cherry but we'll talk about cherry later i i have some things to say about that but i did really like like cloris leachman just like coming in at their like lowest point at um landfill's funeral and being like no you boys gotta do this and if you can't do it for me or you can't do it for america then you do it for yourselves it's very inspiring i enjoyed it and i love that that comes from like an older lady kind of role model in the film rather than normally in sports films where it comes from just like some some guy comes along and it's just like no you can do it and it's just like no no this little old lady is going to be the person who who lights a fire under your ass i uh, i like that about her um i did i mentioned that she's like a stereotypical german lady now kind of country nationality stereotypes play a massive part in this film it's like a whole chunk of the humor most of the humor in this film is predicated off that and i'm not gonna lie i for one found it hilarious i mean as you can tell i am british the first time i I literally doubled over laughing was when you meet the british drinking team the first time they go to beer fest and it's just the the slang and the accent and the behavior oh my god i it was so accurate and relatable but turned up to 11 i nearly died it was so funny i, I will say this is the f- like first time i've watched this since moving to the uk and i actually understood all the slang <laughs> did you I mean, think that it was made up <laughs> yeah yeah like when i like grow like in my teens when i watched it, i was like what well, yeah it's got to be made up made up no actually most of it's coherent yeah. like there's only like one bit that i was like still like i've never heard that ever for that that being said but yeah could be one I just in American movies you either get the full like Dick Van Dyke chimney sweep cockney like um stereotype for British people or you get the like plum in your mouth uh wears a powdered wig kind of stereotype about British people and I really love that they were just like no 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 this is this is like working class Brits who drink and that's the people we want to be in this movie and it was just it was so good I mean I've still they've still got that kind of cockney accent uh, but it just that just makes it even more funny. I just oh my god, I found it hilarious. And then the like German stereotypes were also really good. The Aussie stereotype, oh, just all of the countries kind of were turned up to eleven, including the Americans. Yeah, yeah the, the Amer- I think that's what made it even kind of funny. It was like, and no point was the was Team USA framed as being like any less stereotypically of itself than the other countries. It was like by the end everyone's chanting USA USA, which is 
you know, the, very. you can tell it's very tongue in cheek from the perspective of this film, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as an American, it, it like generally when I when I've gone over, gone around, you know, Europe and stuff like that, it's always been like, oh god, like I don't want to seem like the stereotypical American traveler who, which is you know, quite loud, quite brash, quite you know, quite oblivious, you know, just. Uh, just stereotypically, you know, rude and kind of like not not really knowing what's going on around you, but like, I guess it's it, I, as living over here for a while has now kind of kind of got me to a point where like okay, I don't need to worry about that because I don't really espouse most of those stereotypes. But my God, seeing that is like oh shit, yeah. I always have to remember try to tone it down. Yeah. Oh man, it was it it's it's very good. It's very funny. Um. So I just want to like talk about the the kind of ending of the film because as I said it goes off the rails like it started off the rails it started uh, it started on a specific set of like early noughties comedy rails and then it just goes like they go into beer fest they're getting led along by this old man they get to beer fest he is immediately killed um they 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 pass through this like surreal kind of dark Alice in Wonderland alley um where all this crazy surreal stuff is happening they decide then they they they're absolutely kind of decimated and shamed at beer fest by these these guys but the guys the the old guy who took them who you think is going to be like quite a major part of the film is is immediately taken away and as we assume shot in a back alley and then then it's like this this heist thing where they're like getting together a crew and then it kind of levels out again because they're like training for beer fest and things but then it turns out that our like kind of main female character in this film cherry who is the grandmother's like uh in living care assistant is a spy who is there to steal their beer recipe she uh like gets into a fight with landfill and she's like a she's like a badass who can who can is clearly like combat trained and, and everything like this and then landfill dies but right before that he looks like he's gonna drink the whole vat and you're like oh this is what this has been leading up to he's gonna be able to drink the whole vat of beer but then they go in and he's just fully dead they kill him off and then the next this is where i start thinking oh this was written as like a round robin someone wrote this in as and it was just like okay this whole story is it's become like a weird james bond crazy what the hell is happening thing and then and then they try and like re-rail it by like at landfill's funeral they introduce landfill's twin brother who's like no we, we're Gil. just gonna pretend i don't just pretend that i've been here the whole time and just call me landfill and it's like okay landfill so two. it's like well they don't even call it he just literally says call me landfill and it's like that never happened and then we we just transition off into this crazy beer olympics montage it was just like in the middle of the film there i was like transfixed it was kind of like the feeling of watching a car crash yeah but it was really really strange i was like what is happening it, it, it does feel like yeah round robin writing style but it, they pulled it off which which they really which, did which by, is by quite... taking the piss out of it themselves yeah. in the film yeah. they pulled it off like it, it really really does like i've there are some other films that really have tried to do the round robin writing style but just you know They'll get like three quarters way through, and you know it works somewhat, but it just falls down on the execution because they can't tie everything up. But man, these guys actually did quite well. Like I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you can tell as a writing team, you know, they've done several films together. Um, 
because what what are they called again? The uh, broken lizard. Broken lizard. That's the one. They're the same guys who did um, Super Troopers. Super Troopers and like Super Troopers Two and a few yeah. other films and things like that. And um, you can tell they get on really well. And instead of being like, "No, you can't just kill off my character. I'm not having that. Um, we're not putting that in." They're like, "Okay, you can kill off my character." But then when it's my turn to write some, I'm bringing him back. <laughs> like, yeah. I think that was that that kind of thing is really cool. I mean, I'm just theorizing. That might not have been how it was written at all. But to me, that's the like impression I get, and I just I think it's very funny. Um, um, what did you think of like the performances in this film? Because I think the actors are like fairly well known in the like circle they are in. Yeah, because I definitely much so. recognized all of them. But I was sure I'd seen them in other stuff, but I scrolled through their IMDb kind of profiles and I've not seen anything other than Cloris Leachman famously was the grandma. I played another stereotypical German grandma in Malcolm in the Middle, which I used to watch a lot when I was a kid. Yeah, I do recognize some of them, uh, specifically Will Forte and Nat Fixon from my Saturday Night Live. I know Will Forte was definitely on Saturday Night Live, but I can't remember about Nat Fixon. Um, but I've heard... Nat Fixon's voice in a lot of other things. Like He's the dis- Elfo in Disenchantment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and Will Forte's been in countless other comedic films. He's he's a quite good <laughs> comedy actor. Yeah, those are two of the, the guys who played the German team, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, the, I was more talking about the, the like main cast. I mean, uh, gotcha. I think they're pretty much... Because they are uh, Broken Lizard, aren't they? Yeah, the yeah. The guys who are like the starring group are also the writers of the film. And obviously, yeah. um, the guy who plays Barry is the director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they uh, they only really do... I, I think I've seen them in, like, one other... Like, one other film that was not Broken Lizard, but it was kind of a... Like, a, 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 a like series of comedic shorts. Okay, But, yeah, enough. but it's... Like, they, they do a lot of other writing, you know, for other projects. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was still I mean, good. As, as actors, because yeah. they were obviously in Super Troopers. I think uh, Broken Lizard did a version of Dukes of Hazard as well. Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Um, And they're all in that. And, and, you know, I think they just work as a kind of group. And it's, which I kind of think is nice. It's just like, oh, me and my friends just want to do fun, funny stuff. And we're willing to write and, and star in it so that we can make that happen. That's, yeah, that's yeah. pretty funny. Um, I mean, Cloris Leachman in this film is the best though she's very good her performance is very good like you can tell as an actress and a human she's having the best time yeah like, she's just enjoying being able to you know get on screen and kind of Ham just like all of these like quite domineering like boisterous men on screen she's able just to be like no and like bring them kind of like be like above them the whole time and be the dominant kind of matriarch character which i really enjoy it's just also just kind of nice to see like her comedic chops because i guess i'm still used to seeing her in more like like dramatic roles or kind of like thrillery roles i guess Mm, she's like a classic actress isn't she yeah she is yeah but yeah it's it's just really cool to, to like like her delivery of so much like she's got perfect comedic timing really yeah, she the, her like the comedic timing was very good in this one. There were some very well timed, like one liners and jokes and stuff that I really enjoyed. Like the script was pretty good considering it was it was mostly the like the fact that they're the only woman of any substance was Cherry, and it was just like oh of course it's like a, oh a woman betrayed you, fantastic. But on the other hand, she is like a plus size woman of color which is really positive representation but then there's a whole really awkward sex scene where another woman's nudity is used as a way of just 
fat shaming this other character but then it's like the film thinks it can get away with it and that it's okay because at the end of that sequence it goes oh but I knew she was plus size the whole time and I like it it's like yeah but you still just spent like a good 10 minutes fully fat shaming this character <laughs> and it's just ah. yeah that, 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 that was not, I just not, that not that whole best. sequence did not need to be in the movie no. it had no like it wasn't even brought up when it turns out Cherry has betrayed them and is actually a spy for this um, Bavarian brewery which I thought was you know fantastic it was just so random and funny it makes it this whole weird like corporate espionage aspect to it, it yeah it kind of reminded me of if anyone's listened to my dad wrote a porno it reminded me of my dad wrote a porno it's like randomly becomes a spy thing for no reason which i just thought was excellent <laughs> I, I mean to be fair i do think that that portion was out of the um was not in the original like uh cinematic release like we do ha- we this is the version we've got is the unrated version like Oh, okay. So, so I, I think also well, that whole awkward sex montage thing. Well, where I don't think like, I don't think was in it. Yeah, his like imagination of what happened when he was drunk. Yeah, that whole bit because it could have been like a fun thing to bring back at the end and go to, for him to go like Cherry, how could you? But not even mentioned or brought up. Yeah, that she that they'd they'd obviously had a night together and then she betrayed him. It was not even brought up. It was yeah. wild. Well, I mean, there's like I will say a lot of other films. Like I'm, I'm not excusing this by by any way. I'm just simply saying like, this was kind of a thing that a lot of other films did uh, like at the time as well. Like a lot of oh, comedic yeah. films, and like yeah, it's it, it was it was awkward and ham-fisted then. And, and yeah, I mean, there's a whole film, yeah. um, Shallow Hal. There's a whole film predicated on this idea of um, oh, he thinks she's thin, but she's actually fat, and that's the joke. Like Shallow Hal, that is the whole movie. And like, okay, this film only does it for 10 minutes. But still, it's not great. It's not a great look. But the fact that then she's able to come back and and she's this kind of martial arts trained uh, spy is is very cool. And I like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's fun. Um, But yeah, that's just, that whole part was just so off the rails. Um, But then the the montage of the Beer Olympics... um, what did you think of that as kind of like a film? It's a sports... They yeah. made it into a sports movie. They have a training montage and then the event montage. Yeah. And I was just like, the choice to kind of film this as a sports movie was... was really, made really... It, it made it even funnier to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to me, it was kind of like something that no nobody would normally ever take seriously. You know, they they really kind of like... They, they framed it in this way that is, you know... Yeah, like most for sports films are done and yeah. it was it was just quite i didn't think i'd enjoy it that much but me neither but it, it, it worked and like the way that they used montages in this film was mainly as you know comedic comedic or comedic vices but they did it really really well yeah i i mean i love the good use of a montage in a film and i'm not gonna lie what this film kind of reminded me of in that respect, and that respect only is A Knight's Tale. It's making yeah. a movie that's technically not about sports per se into a movie about sports by the way that it's filmed. Like, A Knight's Tale has 
the training montage and then it has like montages of the events and things like that and this one does the same thing it has the montage of like the year they're kind of training and the things they do to train and then it's got the big montage of the which really long montage gotta say of the actual event um, and I thought that was cool because it got like it, it used it as a device to give each character their kind of time to shine, but also um, in a way that like framed it as like a, a kind of self-aware thing of like, oh, we know we're a comedy that is taking itself way too seriously. And I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, kind of moving on to other like cinematic, uh, cinematic and, you know, production aspects of this film. Yeah, I do love that they kind of took the piss out of um like in the fight scene between uh, uh cherry and um and, Phil, landfill. and landfill like like the fact that it like when they like they were just clearly cutting to you know stunt stunt people just like whacking yeah. each other and just like it, like they weren't fucking hiding it. it was it was meant to just kind of big up big up yeah, that comedy it was meant to be like yeah. oh you can very much tell this is not this is either a different person or it's not there was a part where it was very clear that he was just kicking a um bag of flour, like a bag of yeah, like because uh, like in a shiny like trash bag because she was wearing like a shiny coat and the thing didn't even have like a head or anything. <laughs> it was just like this is clearly a dummy. Yeah. And then there were bits where it's just like clearly a smaller person in a big coat. And oh yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. That was very funny. I, I mean, funny. I mean, from from a cinematic standpoint, like th- like. Most comedy, okay, just as kind of a brief aside, most uh, most comedy films are like they're they're pretty standard. Like they don't really employ all that really, I guess, visually interesting like techniques, uh, like filming techniques or, or yeah. angles or like. The, I mean, the, we talked about yeah. this in detail when we talked yeah. about accepted. Um, yeah. You like really had some issues with how yeah. boring the cinematography is yeah. with that one. Yeah, I mean, it's very much the same here, but. At, the same time they did like specifically in the fight scene like in that fight scene they did you know they played with angles they, they tried to make it like they tried to get a little few top down angles they tried a few like lower uh, lower angle like lower angles that had a slight uh dutch angle to them and you know that dutch angle in this in this film actually worked because it did kind of it was kind of like hi- predicated and highlighting that uh that that fight scene like that that was that was good like you can kind of clearly see that they have skills but like i don't know they didn't really use it all that much well i think that a lot of those kind of more technical camera work things were again to like take the piss out of the fact that it was like we're emulating a much more serious genre um but we're fully taking the piss out of it like it's got this kind of you know like i was saying the espionage james bondy parody bit and then that they're kind of doing a piss take of that genre by all this kind of different framing and different camera techniques and the use of like a the kind of elevated walkway and the kind of filming techniques they used around that. Yeah. The whole thing is just like they've used the production to further the genre of comedy that they're working in. And I thought that was pretty cool. That yeah, was pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Another aspect that I kind of thought was interesting in this film was the fact that they like because they clearly could not drink as mo- the amount of beer that they that they were able to do, the fact that they kind of were using special effects to kind of kind of show them drinking beer, especially in like the last boot scene, like I know that's like it's clear that it's meant to be kind of a comedic element. You know, it, it's it like they're they're not trying to hide it. They're just like it, it was it was not the best quality. 
like yeah, CGI. Yeah, again, but I think that's done on purpose, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Um, apart from that, like, there's some, there's some other really great scenes that were kind of framed quite well like when uh when fink's been like saran wrapped to uh to uh, some monkey, monkey bars, bars. Yep. yeah yeah <laughs> like was good. i just love how they have him at this slight angle and like in, in that in that frame um in, in in that shot they've got like power lines and other stuff like kind of like these cross lines kind of making a slight geometric shape it's just like as that was kind of nice i guess like it like you can kind of tell like some effort went into like the the way that they thought about the shots you know yeah. and, and like that You've that got was such cool. more of an eye for this than i do yeah. well i mean and also like in that house party scene just you kind of get a slight pov shot when you know fink does the strikeout and he's 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 looking up at the um at his paper boy <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. That yeah. is just like, yep, you forgot my 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 Sunday edition. It passes out. Yeah. <laughs> Again, whole sequence of the film that, while objectively quite funny, because they're like, let's go challenge some people to drink, and the people they can think of are like teenagers, pe- teenagers having like a frat party. They're like, yes, there will be the people that we can go and drink with, and it's just this awkward thing of these thirty-year-old dudes going to a college party to challenge them to drink and play dumb drinking games with them. Um, whole sequence did not need to be in the movie. Yeah, really didn't. It was just like this is this is twenty minutes we could have we could have lost of time. It would have been possibly a better movie without it. But I mean, they had to do something for the whole like training sequence. They had to do. Yeah. I just thought it was maybe going to be like, oh, they're actually going to go and challenge them to some drinking games, but instead they end up just playing Never Have I Ever with a bunch of teens, which is, whew, bit awkward. Yeah. And then he he like you like you say he does that what was it called the the thing with the bong oh uh strikeout i think yeah he does the cut the strikeout thing and it's just like surely like there should have been some competition element there yeah like it was more of a just an awkward older guys joining a house party than it was like oh a team very comedically going to challenge a bunch of teens to yeah they, 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 they could have heightened that um yeah, I I definitely agree with that. Yeah, but um, yeah, th- there's some other like good, like aspects of that. I I I like I did like at the very end, you know, them duking like the uh Barry and uh and and what's his face, uh duking it out in a wedding dress and a tux. Yeah, that that shot alone was was worth watching that whole sequence. Yeah, the 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 shot I found the most enjoyable off the back of that sequence was them all dry cycling there oh yeah the, that, that tracking shot yeah home and him getting off and them all going bye <laughs> in his wedding dress and <laughs> they're like obviously gonna go around that no context for how the bike arrives just that it is now there for the rest of the film um and they're all just like clearly gonna be drunk out of their skulls but they're just very serene and and funny and it oh, that was that was quite good i enjoyed that yeah um i i also quite liked like his uh landfill's wife finding him like pa- passed out like in front of the fridge yeah and she <laughs> and thinks like... he's dead and then he's like oh no it's just ham <laughs> yeah, yeah the whole like landfill's wife thing i thought because at that scene in the bar she was um asking about the boot and everything and they were like oh it's nothing no i thought when landfill died she was gonna replace him on the team and i thought that would have been a better choice I thought it would, have been, it would have been really funny if it turned out she could like drain the the boot really quickly and was actually like a really 
up their drinker and she like stepped in to kind of take her husband's place there I thought that was where they were going to go with it and that's why they'd had her like asking about it and stuff and maybe this round robin theory that I that I posited is correct and one of the writers was leading up to that because that's never followed up on um and just one of the other writers later just decided no we're not doing that I would be a shame if that were the case I was really hoping because like again women aren't treated particularly well in this film as a couple of highlights but as was the vogue of this kind of comedy at the time it's just like oh women are there to get their tits out or to like be ridiculed for their size or for their like german accent it's there there was a team of women at the beer olympics as well i'm assuming they're meant to be swedish yeah yeah and there were a team of women as well and it was just like oh they're just there because they're they're sexy uh it would have just been fun if they'd gone oh yeah landfill's dead but his wife is just excellent at chugging these boot drinks and she's gonna be on our team now i thought that would be maybe a better way of resolving that yeah like her her possibly really replacing barry would have also been an interesting interesting dynamic as well no but you have to have barry there (laughs) you've got to have barry he's he's got unresolved trauma that he needs to play pong to get get over okay (laughs) give it all this like what was your favorite scene my favorite scene of the film, I think it's the one that I just talked about, to be honest, with the the bike. That was very funny and very sweet and like just kind of encapsulated what I was, what I, the, the, the kind of essence of what I was surprised that I got out of this movie. Because I was expecting a very Judd Apatow kind of bad movie that we were introduced to in the first 10 minutes but then we got to that scene it's like no this is about this group of bros having fun and doing this beer thing and ending up in ridiculous situations because of it and that that scene with the five seat tandem kind of encapsulated that for me but also the scene where you first meet the the british uh drinking team because it's just like I, i laughed so hard what about you um I do really like the whole house party sequence uh, and and then the follow up, you know, like tandem bicycle bit. That that was quite good. But I I don't know why I find it so funny, but I really like the, you know, them making like making the beer and then Jan just kind of really drinking the beer and then just kind of realizing grandma's a whore. You know, like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that was a fun sequence. That bit just just absolutely kills me. I I don't I really don't know why. It just that that was really really good um, yeah where like he's so happy and the sun dawns on his face because of the taste of this beer and then he realizes that because they've got the beer recipe that confirms that his grandma was a whore oh after watching this film i kind of want a beer now it's too early in the day for a beer ryan but uh i promise you we'll have one later yes and we'll cheers to grandma and to to landfill and to america oh <laughs> i just realized another one of my favorite scenes He's only in this film for like th- uh, maybe a minute. Donald Sutherland as 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 uh, their granddad. Oh, giving his own eulogy. Yeah, yeah giving that his own eulogy. Great. That love- was yep. fucking on point. That was like, very good. Uh, and like he, that was like I I wonder how much they paid him for that because that, so <laughs> yeah that that was solid per- comedic performance for him. Yeah, especially when he like looks down and talks to his own corpse, which is just mental. Yeah. And also another cameo I really liked. Willie Nelson. Yeah, Willie Nelson, yeah. A door that, oh, in, right at the very end, just as the credits roll, they go to Amsterdam and it's like, Willie Nelson's like, I need you to be on my team for a pot-smoking Olympics. And they're like, yeah, let's go be on Willie Nelson's team. It was so weird. So weird. Yeah. Um, 
after everything we have talked about, Ryan, what would you rate this film? I'd give it a solid four. I mean, it's got some trouble, uh, problematic aspects to it. I mean, so do a lot of other comedic films from this time. That's not excusing it. I'm just, I guess, putting it into, I guess, context. But there's... It, it's kind of like one of my guilty watches that I like from my teens that I still quite like. It's just, it's just good, fun laughs for a good like hour, hour and a half. You know, it's 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 quite, it's just quite relaxing, just laugh laugh fest for me. Yeah, fair enough. How about you? Um, I would agree on a four. Like, there is so many flaws to this film that I can't forgive that I could not rate it higher than a five. But I expected to to hate watching it. I expected the same feelings that I get from watching most male-led early noughties comedies, which I literally sit there and, and want to tear my eyes out um, while I'm watching them. But there were some bits that surprised and delighted me. And I like for that, it gets all those four points just for those random moments that genuinely made me laugh. And for, you know, genuinely surprising me um if, with the fact that i enjoyed it much more than i thought i would yeah fair enough uh, i mean like i i will i again will say like i've said it so many times in this in this podcast already i'm still surprised that you actually liked it <laughs> yeah me too genuinely like i i rated it quite low because like objectively i just i can't in good conscience rate it rate it any higher but i didn't hate watching it i really didn't i I'm glad I've seen it. I probably won't watch it again anytime soon. But um, very enjoyable. Yeah. So what are we watching next week? Oh, uh, in two weeks' time, you mean? Oh, two weeks' time. In two weeks' time, we will be back watching The Birdcage, which definitely a favourite in this house, yeah? Oh, very much so. Like, one of my, uh, one of my all-time favourites. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant movie. And we hope you've enjoyed this episode. Thanks for listening. Bye. Music was Potato Deal by Craig MacArthur. The photo used for our cover is by Rodolfo Clicks. Audio editing's by Ryan DeRoges, and this podcast was produced by Laura and Ryan DeRoges. Find us on Twitter at All's Fair Podcast, on Instagram at All's Fair and Love and Film, or email us at all's fair and love and film at gmail.com. 